Welcome to the Financial Intuition Podcast, where you can find your inner financial intuition, one money topic at a time. The goal of the podcast is to educate, inform, and engage our audience with tools and resources created to help them make more informed financial decisions. These tools and resources can be found on our website at consumerfinance.gov. You can also click the link in the show notes for additional information. This is the first episode of a three-episode Managing Your Student Loan series, which focuses on managing student loans and money while in college, discussing the Veterans Benefits Administration GI Bill Comparison Tool, and the CFPB's Your Financial Path to Graduation Tool, and also Postgraduate Degree Repayment Options. Before we get started, I'll read our Consumer Financial Protection Bureau standard disclaimer. This podcast is being produced by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It is intended to generate discussion about managing student loans and money while in college. The questions asked and topics discussed were developed in coordination with the presenter and may not represent the Bureau's policy on any particular matter. Any opinions or views stated by the presenter are the presenter's own and may not represent the Bureau's views. Nothing said in this podcast by a Bureau representative constitutes legal interpretation, guidance, or advice from the Bureau. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Stone, a policy analyst in the section for students and young consumers. Our section creates tools and resources for those working to help students and young adults and their families manage their money, build credit, save or pay for college, and repay student debt. We're excited to gain insight from Aaron Satien Orionen on managing student loans and money while in college. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome, Aaron. Can you tell our audience a little bit about you and your college experience? Of course. Thank you for having me, Brian. So my name is Aaron. I am a junior um, in my undergraduate studying behavioral economics at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I am originally from Oregon, and I actually graduated high school in 2017. And before Carnegie Mellon, I spent two years at Oregon State University, which is close by, actually, to where I grew up. My decision to go to Oregon State University really was because Oregon State University, being a public institution, was really affordable for me. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I had a lot of um, friends from high school going there. But over the years, I kind of figured out that I wanted to do something more specific with my college education, and that's how I ended up transferring to Carnegie Mellon. So my interests lie in applying behavioral insights into solutions with regards to poverty as well as financial inclusion. And that's how I ended up being able to intern this past summer with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Great. Right. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, and we definitely enjoyed having you in our section. So um, mm. learned a lot. And, yeah, so it sounds like uh, you – were very intentional about preparing for college. So were there any uh, steps you took before you actually, I'll say, started, um, like walked in the door, walked on campus? Like what yeah. was lucky up there? Yeah. Like a lot of students, um, I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to study, right? And so the best option for me was to think about what kind of priorities look like for a student who didn't have specific interests already, right? There are always colleges that are really good at um, having a specific program. But Oregon State is one of those colleges that are expansive enough in what they offer where you can really find yourself. And so I really valued that. I was lucky enough to 
go and be able to actually visit the college campuses of the colleges that I applied for because I applied to a lot of state schools in Oregon. So for me, college visits, talking to uh, faculty and actually sitting in on classes was kind of important for me to kind of get the, the classroom environment and feel of what it was like or what it would be like going to college there. Um, those programs, though, if you are looking for universities that aren't right next to you or if you need a little bit extra help, a lot of universities often offer overnight programs where they can help uh, pay for like a plane ticket and have you visit and stay overnight with an actual college student there. So there are definite options there. So definitely college visits for me and looking at really like the affordability and the tuition. Right, right. Yeah, and that's good that you uh, sort of, instead of outside of, I would say, just searching on the internet, you actually put yourself in the environment to sort of get a feel and then understood the financial part of uh, paying for college also. So yeah, that's important. Okay. So what resources uh, did you use to help you make your college decisions? So did you use any supports at your high school, like any counselors or speak with any financial aid advisors at college or anything like that? Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough that my high school had what was called an Aspire Center where you had um, Aspire coaches that would help you stay on top of the college application process, right? So you would come in and they would help figure out your list of programs and schools, help provide you feedback on your essays and other application materials, as well as help connect you with uh, your teachers so you could get letters of recommendation for that. And that was really helpful. Um, kind of being a, like a rambunctious, disorganized senior in high school, having somebody dedicated to helping you um, stay on track with the college application process was really important. Okay, great, great. Uh, did you apply for any scholarships? And if so, what types of I guess, scholarship application strategies did you use? Of course. So there are a lot of private, we would say, scholarships available to outgoing seniors in high school. And the the strategy that I used um, was spray and pray in the sense <laughs> of <laughs> apply, for, <laughs> apply for as many as you can and hope that you get them, right? But the, there are two kinds of, there are two uh, main pieces of advice that I can give you for that. You know, a lot of applications are a little kind of um, focused on kind of like a student profile. So, for example, like scholarships with regards to students who want to go into music education. That was a big one in my city. Um, and so, you aren't going to be able to fit every single profile or every single kind of like desired outcome that a private scholarship uh, wants for the applicant. And that's okay. There's a lot of ones that are more general. And then two, the main thing is to make sure that you have solid uh, letters of recommendation and support from uh, teachers and other people who can vouch on your behalf because those go a long way regardless of what 
specific scholarship you're applying for. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. Like you said, casting a wide net, seeing what you get back. Um, and I, I know one thing, so we had uh, someone on our first episode for our last series who is a uh, high school teacher uh, and teaches personal finance, and she really stressed for her students to start applying for scholarships to, you know, write one general essay and sort of tweak it, like you said, based on the profile that the scholarship application is actually looking for. And so, and just remember that scholarships are free money that don't have to be paid back, and so it could potentially reduce your student loan debt down the road if you just, you know, take the opportunity, the hour, two hours, or however long it takes to complete the application. So, no, that's um, very timely advice and very important. So, uh, thank you. Uh, so, yes, so next, I guess, thinking about your, you know, the college preparation experience, and it seems like you did a lot, as I said before, you were extremely intentional. But if you could go back and do some things differently, what would you do? Or um, you could think about, like, what advice would you give someone uh, coming through, I guess, now? Yeah. I would, prior to applying to college, I think I would have done a better job of probably applying for more of these private scholarships. There's a lot of them. I think one thing, though, that... I wish I could go back and do again was while I was at Oregon State taking more math courses. And I say that actually um, as a transfer student, what think, something that affected me was the fact that a lot of my courses, some of the courses that I took at Oregon State didn't transfer when I started attending Carnegie Mellon. And I actually lost an academic year for that. That's actually a big thing for other transfer students, particularly transfer students that are intending to do two years at a community college and then transfer and graduate from a four-year university. It's really important that you, even if you don't know what exactly you want to do yet, try and take courses that are essentially like the building blocks of a lot of your other like four-year programs so that way you can ensure that you're getting the most bang out of your buck when you transfer those credits and all of those coursework to your new four-year university yeah yeah and i think that makes a lot of sense so have an idea of you know where you want to end up so you can sort of uh it's a backwards plan from there. So I know I want to be at uh, X university and I plan on going to the community college. So making sure that those classes are going to transfer so I don't have to potentially uh, retake them, costing me more. What resources do you use to manage your money and pay for college? Yeah. Um, so with regards to figuring out how to pay for college, your financial aid office at your university will always be a great resource for you. They can f help you figure out the more nuanced aspects of the college expenses you get at your specific university, as well as um, help you also better understand um, what your financial aid offer is. And if you ever need to make, for example, like an appeal um, or something like that to kind of correct the record to see if you can get more aid, that's going to be your go-to place. Second, the federal government actually offers, offers a lot of great resources 
through the federal student aid website, as well as the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau right here. CSPB has a great page on that, that breaks down the different kinds of um, student aid that you may get from the differences between grants, federal, and private loans. Yeah, and that's 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 great. So yeah, on our um, so it's consumerfinance.gov and practitioner resources and students. Aaron, I think that's what you were talking about. We cover um, a vast amount of topics related to students and money outside of uh, you know just general money management. But uh, and they include like paying for college, managing money, student banking, public uh, service loan forgiveness. So there uh, is a ton of information, and we'll make sure to definitely link to that in the show notes. Uh, but we have another tool. Uh, I think you had mentioned the Your Financial Path, the graduation tool, also known as Grad Path, which also is a uh, pretty good resource for students who are thinking about like how do I manage my money, pay for college, and you know, create like a plan. And so uh, what the Grad Path tool does is it gives students a sense of like their overall need, their student loan debt burden, the potential ROI they'll get on a, their college investment. Uh, but the tool also pops in some other personal finance, you know, um, information as you're sort of uh, working your way through it. And so we'll also make sure to link to the Grad Path tool in the show notes. So now that's, uh, um, that's perfect. That's perfect. And so we talked about like money management techniques, but uh, you sort of implement, and I know one part of a personal finance plan is like the budget. And so there are different types of budgets that work for different people. So some people use pen and paper, uh, an app might help, or there might be a budgeting app, like you said, a budgeting um, option through your banking app, but you have like weekly budgets, bi-weekly budgets, irregular income budgets. Um, for students, a semester budget might work better. Is there one particular budget that uh, you found like helpful in managing yeah. I mainly use a monthly budget. Along with student loan debt, an important aspect of um, kind of managing your debt, I would say, is also credit card debt, right? Um, when it comes to paying things right now while you're in college, a credit card might be an option, right? Because it's also a great way to build your credit score while in college, which is important while you're in college and especially after. I would personally, for me, I personally try and avoid uses, using a credit card, but I actually opt to use other ways of building a credit score while also avoiding credit card debt. I personally use um, credit building loans from my local credit union so that I can build credit in a more like safer and responsible way that would avoid me kind of spending outside of my budget. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's, it's important to uh, use all financial products responsibly. So that could be a credit builder loan, credit card, and just make sure um, that, especially with a credit card, that you're not spending any more than you would normally spend had that been in cash and also that you can pay back um, at the end of the month, so at the end of the credit card statement. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely important, important topic. So now we'll transition to thinking about, like, life after college and so um, think about sort of student loan repayment. And so are there any strategies that you think might be particularly helpful? Yeah. This is always the looming question that everybody has, Brian, and it's 
the question that I think every single student who has student loan debt has to deal with. Um, for me, the field that I really want to go in, um, which is public policy, I want to see whether there are options um, from employers that may help me pay down my debt or um, deal with the current college debt that I'll have and possibly future ones from um, grad school. But there are a lot of different options you can consider um, pursuing with regards to different options in like repayment itself, like income share agreements, or also um, refinancing your student loans to get a better um, interest rate in the future. I have yeah. yet to figure out exactly what I'm going to do, but those are different kinds of options available to you. Yeah, yeah, and um, as you had mentioned before, uh, so yeah, there's a wide range of options. Um, it's best to, uh, you know, start planning as soon as possible because, as you said, eventually, you know, that looming uh, student loan debt or student loan repayments will eventually be there. So, uh, you know, using resources, again, studentaid.gov, if you have a federal loan or if you have a private loan, contacting your lender and just making sure that before you get to that point that you're aware of um, your options and your uh, course going forward. So. Yeah, that's uh, great. Thank you for that. Um, and so when, you know, thinking about decisions and so weighing decisions and prioritizing like your personal finance and your future goals, um, how do you prioritize what's most important? I think in this day and age with the, like the cost of education for me and for a lot of people, we have to kind of balance the priority of affordability and this kind of like sense of fulfillment of what we're going to get out of our college education and our careers. With regards to that, I think those two priorities really aren't actually mutually exclusive, right? Similarly to um, like if somebody wants to go to a really prestigious or top university and they're worried about finances, they can. It is possible, right, with the correct kind of um, financial planning and planning for like a path to graduation, right, it is possible to kind of hold these two um, like priorities at equal um equal levels of wanting to go through a program that you really desire, as well as making sure that it is affordable and within your financial means. My post-graduation plans are essentially what your job is, Brian. <laughs> to, Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> to work in to work in public policy, whether at a policy institution or a um, or even in the federal government, I plan to work a couple years and kind of cut my teeth in that area, and then maybe get a um, a graduate degree in public policy or public administration. And I think this entire process, really, um, of like going to college has 
shown me the importance of this idea of return on investment, right? Because you may get a little intimidated by the by the entire kind of experience or perspective experience of going to college and just how costly it is. But just remember that college is a return on investment in the sense that if you are savvy enough and you make sure that you get the assistance that um, you are eligible for, you can make sure that college pays off. So yeah, today we received some great advice from Aaron on managing student loans and money while in college. To recap for our listeners, we would like you to walk away with the following takeaways. First, have a plan to pay for college before starting and adjust it as needed. Second, use the CFPB's and Department of Education's resources to help manage federal student loans. And for private student loans, make sure you reach out to your lender. And third, understanding the importance of graduating on time and understanding your repayment options before you graduate. Thank you for joining us today, Aaron, and sharing your money experience with our audience. We appreciate our listeners for tuning in. To stay tuned, please visit our podcast page on consumerfinance.gov. And so you don't miss future episodes, sign up to be notified of new releases. As always, remember to continue to develop your financial intuition and learn money lessons you can use now to build a future you want tomorrow.